Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Oh, are we starting now? Andy, I was trying to start. <laughs> what we taught you no manners, Andy? You got you can't interrupt your father when he's speaking. All right, which one of you is my father? We're both your and father. We're one... both your mother. We're your whole family, Andy. <laughs> hey, welcome to Heart Shape Pod. God, I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis Fucking Clark. Who are you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> it was worth it. That was worth every penny. We paid Andy good money. To Every say that. penny royalty. It was I, worth I, that I, just I, to get that to happen. I knew that was coming. See, I was going to say it, and mm-hmm. then I thought, nope, this is a Travis move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, how's everyone been? It's been such a long time. It's been since we one recorded. week. Yeah, since a while. It's been a while. It to, has to quote stained. It's been a while. I quote stained once a day, minimum. Easily. Yeah. Usually with Mud Shovel. That's what I do when I'm pooping. Mud Shovel was a good song. Yeah. That was their that was their their peak, I believe. I'm just I'm, Do you think they had a peak? Yeah, Mud Shovel. I don't think stained has peaked yet. <laughs> I think they're still on their the best, incline. Their best work is ahead of them, that's for sure. <laughs> well, the lead singer is a country singer. Now, I know he's and a country it's boy. The worst thing. He's a country boy and Charlie Daniels is like part of it. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Nope. I don't need any of that in my life. And they, mm. they, he became a country singer right when like Obama became president. And it was real like, I'm a country boy. You know what I mean? Like, I want this country a certain way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, we get what you're saying. <laughs> we understand. We understand, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Not going to tour with Seven Dust anytime soon. That's for <laughs> no, sure. he is not. I had a friend who looked just like the dude from Seven Dust, but he was bald instead of having dreadlocks. So he oh. looked nothing like the dude from Seven Dust. <laughs> well, if you shaved the dude's head from Seven Dust, yep. they would look alike. Uh, which is how I got into my music fraternity. I had to capture the guy <laughs> from Seven <laughs> Dust. <laughs> um, that's some Rand Paul shit. That's... <laughs> I remember I, I walked. I think Rand Paul had to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I walked into a bar in the middle of Madison, Wisconsin once, and there were all these like candid shots of the lead singer of Seven Dust on the wall. Did he own the bar? No, he just oh, went weird. in there all the time. And I was like, is Seven Dust from Wisconsin? What is? I don't think they are. But he was just in Madison all the time. That's crazy. Uh, there's yeah. uh, uh, Tying it back to Nirvana, there was a- Who? Oh, shit, uh, yeah. yeah. The band. Uh, Nirvana, yeah. the band. There was a, Never heard of them. There's a, yeah. a place in Wilmington, North Carolina that's like a, a cool bar slash restaurant. And on the wall, they have like a picture of Kurt during Unplugged wearing like a slouchy cardigan. And there's a cardigan framed on the wall that's of a similar color. But you're like, that's just a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> He's also <laughs> never been in this restaurant. Yeah. It's no way this place was a around when he was alive and that you just bought a sweater and you put it next to a photo that's it that's amazing <laughs> did you ask him if it was the real sweater it for sure wasn't if anything it was maybe a weezer sweater <laughs> was it destroyed it was not but it was coming undone okay oh okay yeah cool that's yeah. a duran duran uh restaurant right come undone yeah is it See, I would think a Duran Duran restaurant would be called The Wolf because you could be hungry like The Wolf and you would go there and you would eat. It's too on the nose. They want to be more insightful than that. Okay. <laughs> I would call it View to a Kill. 
Oh, where you actually get to see the lobster murder. murdered yeah, in you, front of you? You watch the animals get murdered before oh, you eat them. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah. Duran Duran View to a Kill themed restaurant. Or, also see, a James Bond themed restaurant. I would think Duran Duran would open a um, like a SeaWorld slash park, you know, kind of theme park. Because they called, hate dolphins. Well, it's called View to a Krill, and you would just feed oh, all sure. of the whales sure. uh, while you um, – that was not worth it. <laughs> It was not worth it. I thought it was great. Thank you. You know, for all the people that confuse Aha and Duran Duran, they mm-hmm. should, Duran Duran should just open a restaurant called Steak on Me. Oh, uh, sure. And sure. it's where you eat steak off of people. Yeah. <laughs> you, you literally eat steak off of the members of Duran Duran. No, off of the members of Aha. <laughs> you just eat the members of Aha. That's really. Oh, God. That'd be all right. Mm. Boy, I don't know if I can finish all this. You know, weird thing about. Are they from Finland? No. Where are they from? Sweden? Uh, they're from like one of that. those, yeah. yeah, one of those places that yeah. has better one of those, healthcare. One of those lands. Weird thing about Aha, really good band. Yeah, yeah. they have a lot of really yeah. good albums. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah, they're a really solid and their band. guitar player is really good. Yeah, yeah. People should go. Let, let's do an Aha podcast. Electric Barbecuella, huh? That's a fucking Duran Duran place. What happened? Never mind. Electric Barbarella is a Duran Duran song. Oh, yeah, sure. We all know that one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's on their greatest hits. <laughs> we did it. You asked how long it was going to take you know to what? break Andy. Right. Well, actually, I think what happened is uh, when we started talking about that 80s band, I think we broke uh, Duran. Duranty! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there that doesn't is. get anything? Come uh, on. Sure. Uh... <laughs> okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. It's yeah. all support of what i'm doing what are we here for i forgot <laughs> we are recording one of the last few we're, we're round and third we are at home <laughs> and the coach is going no yeah no the coach is <laughs> going please I for the love of stay. god stop safe you're safe stay and kurt is running and so is everyone behind him Yeah, kurt is running with a gun yes what do you mean because uh, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs i haven't got to the end oh, of okay all the research he's running so. with the devil oh no, that's a different. That's a different that's band. A band. I'm just saying, yeah. Van that's a getting... Vandy Halen. Vandy Halen. Vandy Ma. It was a teaser. Van Halen's gonna come. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Uh, Van Halen comes up in this episode. That's all I'm saying. Yes, Van Halen does. Oh my god, I love that story. It's the best. It's pretty great. And we're talking about the in utero years part two. Our last episode was the in utero years part one, which went up. About eight months ago. That's true. That checks out. It's been a while. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but everything's been great with me. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, we've just been chilling. Yeah. It, we've been researching this episode. That's, that's tr- 100% true. 100% for the, true. For that long. I have been crazy. looking at my copy of uh, Everybody Loves Our Town and thinking, well, I could read more of that. I could read that someday. Yeah. I've actually read some of it. I have to send him a heart-shaped pod shirt. Oh, you haven't done that? No. I promised him that like before our last episode. Do you want to take it and mail it to him? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. You guys are a couple of real lame stains. Oh, man. Wow. I'll I thought we were hanging on... on the flippity flop. Yeah, I'll yeah. catch you on the flippity flop then, I guess. <laughs> God, uh... I guess I'm in the Tom Tom Club. <laughs> <laughs> so when we left off, Kurt was wrestling with the idea of whether to capitulate to Walmart and Kmart's demands. Because there was a song called Rape Me on In Utero. Sure. And for some reason, they didn't want that on their shelves. Yeah. I I feel 1993 Walmart wouldn't want that. But I feel 
2019 Walmart would be like, whatever you want. No, 2019 Walmart could be would be like, can we change the song from "Rape Me" to "Rape You"? Yeah, can we just 2019 Walmart oh, yeah. would put it on a T-shirt? Absolutely, and sell it next right. to all the Duck Dynasty merch. That's <laughs> what they do now. But back then, they were not having it. They were puritanical about it. And Kurt, he gave in. He changed the name of the song to "Wafe Me." Wafe me? Yeah. If you can find a copy of the Walmart or Kmart version of In Utero, it's got Wafe Me listed. Wafe like a thin woman? Yes. That's a very strange. I don't get the wordplay there. I don't either. And every time it comes Mm. up in one of these books, they're like, so clever. It's like, why? Is is he trying to say that they're making him uh... Like he's a wafe? Yeah. Today it would be called Vape Me. It would be called Vape Me, 100%. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I stopped by Vape Me on the way here. I picked you guys up some jewel pins. I hope you guys are into them. I am. Um, so, yeah, they decide to go for it and release the album at Walmart because his argument was there's some places where Walmart's your only choice mm-hmm. to buy yeah. music. And yeah. I don't, wanna, I don't yeah. want the kids to not be able to buy the new Nirvana. Sure. You can retcon your own backstory anytime you want when you're looking to get more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, some people won't be able to buy my album, so I'll just call it Wave Me, and then you guys can have it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he de- he definitely compromised, but that was his that was his way. But also, god damn it, Andy and I were chatting about this a bit before we started recording. That's just fucking entertainment. You just Yeah. You, they, if you want to keep your ideals, don't become popular. That's not how it yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. I think that just looking at the notes for this episode, I think that that's like the running theme is that he got locked in the prison of popularity and and that's fame, bro. That's double edged sword, right? Fame. We've all been there. Am I right? High five. I've heard the song. High five? No, fame. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's the closest I've gotten. By Vanilla Ice. By Vanilla Ice, yeah. Later sampled by Queen and it's, David Yeah, Bowie. it's so weird how they ripped him off. <laughs> I know. I really it always feel like, makes me yeah, angry. That's the thing about entertainment is that the, the, the people who, who start the shit never get the credit. Yeah, that's fucked up. And Vanilla Ice should get more credit <laughs> for what he started. Yes. <laughs> And for flipping houses, which is yeah. what he does professionally and now. building furniture with the Amish, which is another thing he does. He's an interesting dude. He sure is. I'd like to meet him. I bet he's actually pretty cool. I bet Vanilla Ice has been through enough in his life that he can't no, possibly he be an into, asshole Isn't he, by like, now. super into Jesus? Well, I don't know. I know he keeps his rag top down so his hair can blow. That's what I know yeah. about him. I, I'm pretty sure he got super Shade into with the Jesus. gauge of Vanilla with the nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I think when it comes to Vanilla Ice, we all need to take heed because he's a lyrical poet. Right. And Miami's on the scene, in case you didn't know. It. In case you didn't know. It. Yeah. Well, we're going to stop there? Will or stop yelling? I don't know. Turn <laughs> off the lights and I'll glow. I'll glow. Put me on stage. Watch me jump like a candle. This one will wax a chump like I a ju- candle. <laughs> yeah. Brazilian? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Front yeah. to back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so... One of the other things that uh, came up around this time was touring. Nirvana made most of their money off of touring. Really? Not album sales? I mean, no, I album don't... sales money all goes to like to David Geffen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> paying back advances right. and shit like okay. that. Probably settling lawsuits from all the songs he stole. And and merchandise wasn't what it is now back then, if I remember correctly. I mean, there were yeah. T-shirts and shit, but it wasn't like the amount of Nirvana shit you could buy now is probably more than you could buy even mm-hmm. at the height right. of their popularity. Yeah. This is sort of a sidebar, but relating to merch. Have you, either of you seen a show on Netflix called Slobby's World? No. It's a really interesting show. It's this guy who owns a vintage collectibles shop in Arizona. 
and he focuses on like '90s stuff. Okay, so I have to go there. It's great. Well, the yeah. sh- the show is great because it's him. Just it's almost like Pawn Stars, but for like '90s uh, nostalgia so shit. Heart shaped road trip. Anybody? Let's, oh yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I'm super I'll down. Do it. And man, if you find a vintage Nirvana like tour shirt at oh my a thrift God. store, buy that shit and put it on eBay. These I- things sell for like. Two and three hundred dollars. The it's nuts. Uh, well, I have a Lollapalooza '93 shirt that I was gonna throw out because I'm like, I bought this, I've never worn it. I looked it up; it's worth two hundred dollars. Yeah, so I'm like, okie doke, y'all can have it because I'm not gonna wear it. Yeah, if a shirt only has one stitch along the sleeve instead of two, it's probably vintage. Mm. What? Yeah, That's good to know. Is that Wait. from Slobby's World? It sure is. Okay. Because <laughs> there's an episode where he goes out to thrift stores and just like rifles through the t-shirt racks and is pulling. And as he pulls it out, you're like, that fucking Arizona Wildcat shirt? Why? And he'll sell it for like $75. Is Whoa. Slobby his given name? Or is that a... His name is taken from a garbage pail kid? Sure it is. I don't know what his real name is. He's a character. Are you writing a sketch? <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Okay. So at one point, Kurt's manager, Danny Goldberg, sends him a letter <laughs> outlining how much money he'll make from touring. Two million after taxes. So he decides to tour. Sure. Well, you also skipped over the part where it's the people around them are making all their money off Nirvana touring. Right. So it's also like now he's responsible for like a company, essentially. Right. You and know? a bunch and of employees. Yeah. That's the weird thing. I mean... uh, You'll see this even with like Dave Grohl. Like if you watch like a Foo Fighters behind the scenes thing, Foo Fighters, whatever your opinion of them is, I like them, mm-hmm. but they're an institution now. And yeah. if they don't tour, that's hundreds of people who don't have a job. Yeah, that's you're a job creator more than just a, mm-hmm. a music creator at that point. Yeah, and even on a smaller scale, like with comics, I was at one point I had a meeting with a manager who was friends with <laughs> manager, and I'll censor that out, I guess, so I don't get. <laughs> manager fired but they were talking about like forming a company and this guy was gonna have to go to and be like look you haven't toured in like 10 years mm-hmm. i can't i i have to make money too like right i, I you're but i might have to fucking move on and i don't know if he ever did but yeah that's if we moved on to a tour <laughs> which yeah which happened did tour but i don't know if because he just had a special on netflix oh it's, you're right he did it was good and Directed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, I actually thought special was good. Can you like say it. his name again? <laughs> <laughs> so Kurt agrees to tour, obviously, because he needs to make money and all these other people around him need to make money. That's what I thought. I know everyone hated the Gus Van Zant movie about Kurt Cobain. Last, I liked it. Last, last days. days. I, I liked, liked it. it. It's a little it's 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 like someone made a parody of a Gus Van Zant yeah. movie. Well, <laughs> well yeah. And look, uh Kim is not a good actor. <laughs> Who? Kim Gordon? Kim Gordon. Is she in that? Yeah, she's in it. She plays the, um, I think, what, manager or something? Okay. Talks oh. to him and, and delivers all of her lines very much like someone who's never spoken. Right, but as I remember that movie, the whole idea is that every all the dialogue is kind of background. Like, it's just supposed to be well, noise, yeah, right? Well, it's yeah. like, because every, it, I think he was trying to stress sort of what we're talking about, is that everything in Kurt Cobain's life at that point was just... The people around him making decisions yeah. and, and kind of calling and, the shots. And every decision that he had to make was like a burden. And I think that this is where we see the beginning of that is that the, you know. Like a burden in my hand? I love that fucking song, too. too. That I song too. maybe saved my life. Um, 
What was I saying? Uh, the, uh, you hated Last Days. Every no, decision. I loved like, the scene where <laughs> Hitler had some good ideas. You thought the... Hitler would have made a better Last Days oh, movie. <laughs> you were saying that uh, it. Now I forgot to. The scene where he watches the Boys to Men video. Come on, it's great. You were saying how every decision was a burden. Yeah, every decision at that point was a burden to him, and every because so much I think of his own life and how he wanted to live his life had been taken out of his hands. But he also felt this weird desperation to take it back, you know? Right. And it created this this tug of war, and he lost it. Uh, yeah. I didn't put it in the notes for some reason, but there's we're going to talk about a show that he goes to, at, or one of their shows, where the Melvins are opening. And there's a part in Heavier Than Heaven where Buzz Osborne is talking about having talked to Kurt Cobain that night, and Kurt was... Like, I'm going to divorce Courtney. I'm going to break up the band. And he was like, I, j- I just want to do all this by myself. And Buzz was like, well, at the time, I thought he was talking about music in the band. And he was like, now I realize he was just talking about life. Yeah. yeah. Like, he just wanted to do everything by himself. Yeah. Which... God, I can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's like, I'm, I think one thing that would have helped Kurt Cobain in life is not having a boss, like not having a... Yeah. corporate entity like he should have fucking stayed on sub pop you know what i think yeah. would have helped him uh therapy <laughs> 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 that dude had some serious emotional issues he yeah. sure did yeah yeah he's like, like 26 26 okay at this point and if i think about where i was oh for at sure that age right. i'm like jesus fucking christ I could not handle life, and I didn't have this kind of, you know. Yeah, not only the responsibility, or... but income and all of that shit at 26. When you're like, it's that weird thing of like, this is what I want. I want to be competing or be at the at the world class level, and then you get it, and you're like, oh fuck, it's not just making songs and like yeah. uh, having Chris Novoselic pee on vans. Like, there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no one liked the the pee. Oh, he does pee. Yeah, he, he does do a lot of pee. Yeah, he pees on things. Well, pee pees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you guys just looked at me like I made up that thing that we no, talked no, 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 about no, no, a lot. No, but yeah. that's the point. Is that like that's the kind of shit you're doing at that age? Absolutely. <laughs> you should be urinating on vans you're if you're 26 on, years you're old. On yeah. Things. Yeah. Uh, Shoes was, or vehicles. Yeah, I tell you what I did uh, at a little younger than twenty six. Uh, would go skating with my friends, and then they'd go, "Hey Travis, will you shit off of that parking structure?" And I'm like, "You know I will," and then I would do it. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. and then the next person that talks to you is, "Hey Travis, you're responsible for forty people's livelihoods." I'm shitting off a parking structure. Just let me live. <laughs> But it's two million dollars. <laughs> okay, just let me finish this shit. So yeah, that's what it was like being Kurt Cobain. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. You're trying to shit off the top level of a parking garage, and people are yelling about you at about touring. Real quick about that. Don't do it. Don't oh, okay. do it. Because no? no, in hindsight, I went to the same parking structure. I did this not that long ago, and I went. There's no railing. I was just fucking ass out leaning off of the, I could have fallen to my death and oh, like for sure. fallen you know as as the laws of gravity oh, I would have God. fallen with my shit we would have like that would have oh, yeah. yeah. been yeah. You my favorite. landed on it yeah that would have been my favorite six feet under cold <laughs> open right there <laughs> Oh my God, Travis Clark, nineteen seventy, whatever to two thousand, whatever, whatever age you were. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Plus, you're you know you got all that shit, and you're in a toxic relationship, codependent relationship that's mutually and also abusive. you're married to a nightmare. I thought you were talking about his drug use, or what were you talking about? Uh, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a kid. Like, oh, fuck. I keep forgetting about the kid. He's got a kid. <laughs> I, I think th- they did yeah, too. I was going to say, I think that was Kurt's thing. I keep forgetting about the kid. 
Yeah, it it was on this tour that they agreed to do MTV Unplugged in the middle of the tour that Danny Goldberg convinces them to go out on in the winter of 93, it would have been, mm-hmm. is when MTV Unplugged was recorded. And they were touring with the Meat Puppets at the time. So that's how the Meat Puppets ended up on Unplugged. So, you know, now that I now that we, we've talked about this before, about how anti he was about doing that show and whatever, if you now think about what that set list is, which is so incredible mm-hmm. now but at the time was such a clearly a fuck you like it oh, was so sure. like we're not playing a single fucking hit and the meat puppets are gonna do half of it also right? yeah. we're not unplugged yeah <laughs> yeah well, for one song for, one for the song, bowie yeah. thing but yeah. uh, all right uh, okay fucking well he played that plugged guitar. police over here <laughs> he played that guitar <laughs> for the whole the yeah. whole show true but he only really it only really sounded electric during the bowie yeah. thing yeah my favorite the man who sold the world moment is that one dude in the audience Woo! at the beginning who goes, what? <laughs> everyone else is like, what is this smells like teen spirit? <laughs> yeah. What's happening? That, that, I imagine that one dude's like, oh my God, everyone's going to join me in this amazing moment <laughs> of recognition. He goes, "Woo, just me, just me, just me. <laughs> Fucking keep it together. He still feels keep weird Keep it about together, it. Kyle. Keep it together. <laughs> I'm assuming his name is Kyle. It's got to be. Uh, so yeah, that's how the Meat Puppets got on, which is actually Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights. Yes, Coach, sure. Coach Taylor. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, is that guy? Yeah, it all checks out. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep, look, I, I'm on a delay right now. <laughs> he is. The Meat Puppets were a good choice. Like those songs, those oh Meat Puppets songs those are the, those Kurt are, did are fucking amazing. The last five tracks, the last five songs of that Unplugged set oh, yeah. are the best. Yeah. That's the best part of it. I was aware of the Meat Puppets before this Unplugged thing, but I don't think I'd ever heard Lake of Fire, or I certainly mm-hmm. had not heard it accessible, because the the Meat Puppets version's a lot more kind of crazy. It's different, yeah. yeah. After that, I was like, I got on, this is uh, where things were for in my life, I got on my bike, <laughs> and uh, I was old enough to drive, but uh, did not have a car anymore, and I rode to Tower Records, and I was like, one Meat Puppets record, please! <laughs> And then you hear the Meat Puppets version. And I was and like, this, like is not the same. this is not oh, the same. This is different. Well, yeah. that's, I, I this is a curse. The yeah. curse of Unplugged is that you, I mean, aside from other things, you. Everyone who's done Unplugged has died. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that every cover Kurt did on Unplugged is better than the original song. Uh, yeah. I mean, or, or at least Even the you, Vaseline can't listen to, okay. you can't listen to that Meat Puppets record now. And not hear and the, not, not think of the, yeah. the Nirvana. I agree. Versions. Yeah. I all, I would also argue that the covers, every cover on that set is better than the original Nirvana songs they played in that set. Not better songs in general, but better in that set. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, so the covers are better done than even originals, is what you're saying. It, yes. Got it. Those yes. were the best songs in because that set. I think and it, I would agree. I think at that point, you can hear, like, you know, Kurt, again, this is part of the burden thing again, too, I think, is that he was so sick of everything he had been doing with Nirvana. Right. He was tired of hearing his own songs. It's sort of like with John Carpenter. <laughs> he's my favorite person to compare. Not the musician. The, well, I guess he's a musician, yes. But uh, the filmmaker. Right. He's my favorite person to compare to Kurt Cobain because he's like sure. one of those guys. Who shot who, himself at 27. Who shot yeah. himself at 27. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just like it's one of those things where he got big and then, and then had a problem and then it affected the rest of his career. But in this regard, I think he's one of those guys that like he's a super warm dude. But if you talk to him about his own movies, he doesn't. He's not fucking interested because he's tired of it. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing with Cobain here. Is that he's? I'm stretching this analogy. Yeah, I you realize. are. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty because uh, <laughs> John Carpenter has lived like 
almost three Cobains. <laughs> <laughs> like he's well, he's, I isn't think, he like eighty now. I think he's also probably yeah. from a generation that handled certain things maybe a little differently. Right. Uh, but the point is, is that so Cobain was a better shot. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on. Forget the whole carpenter analogy here. <laughs> hey, uh, you're the one who was building it. I was wondering oh! if there was any other. <laughs> I was just really. You know the difference to... between. Uh, uh, let's hear it. Carpenter and anyone else I compare to Cobain and Cobain is, right? The way you frame it? They live. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> woo! Woo! Uh, Ghost of Mars. Oh, yeah, Starman. Um, <laughs> so you're not going to believe this, but Kurt needed heroin to perform. What? And no one could find I know any. know how that goes. <laughs> Who doesn't? I thought this was interesting. They settled for Valium instead. Has anyone here taken Valium? I have not. Yes, oh, yes, I, I have. have. I have. I, I took that once because I was nervous about going on stage, like early in when I was doing comedy. Oh, that's not a good idea. And man, I couldn't remember anything. Wow. It was a fucking nightmare. And that's not good. I've like, taken methadone before going on stage. That was a bad idea, too. Yeah, I imagine. Well, yeah. but Why are you... Making these decisions. Like I was on pain medicine at the time, and that's what they prescribed me. Okay. But it gave me uncontrollable hiccups, so I went on stage and went, hey, everybody. I, and that's was, actually a great Yeah, it's bit. not a bad yeah. bit. You should oh, yeah, do I, that wow. more often. I was wondering why the audience liked you, me The more. problem was yeah. you stopped doing that. You'd be on fucking Conan <laughs> doing that shit. Yeah. Hey, it's meth hiccups coming on stage next. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you would do anything creative on Valium. No, it really uh, turns everything off. No, but no. also, are either of you listen to XTC, British band? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Dear God. Yeah, they're a fucking great band, and there's a really interesting documentary about them on Showtime. Do they cover the incident where the kid uh, went into the school with a knife and took the office hostage and until they what? played Dear God? Demanded that they were going to play Dear God over the PA oh, system? Oh, they do. Dude, that is like one of my favorite... Yeah, things that happen. I'm going to play the part of the listener of this podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? A kid, was it yeah, Minnesota a, or somewhere? Yeah, a kid, a kid like... Kid... Oh, so this is not somebody in the band. No, 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 no. Went to a school no, and said, is, play our this song. This is like no. a high school kid, junior high kid, whatever, went in to the office at his school with a knife and said, and like took them hostage and said, you have to play Dear God by XTC over the PA. Like nonstop, Which is a good song. Or just once? It's a great song. Like, was it like... What was what was he's the still there? He's still there. He's still there. They're still yeah. playing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's hey, welcome back to see. all dear God all the time. <laughs> we got a hostage situation going on five years now. <laughs> but in that documentary, one of the lead singers, because that band has like basically three singers and songwriters yeah. in it, uh, Andy Partridge, or is it Patridge? I don't know. But he had just been habitually taking Valium since he was a kid because a doctor prescribed it to him and he never thought anything else about it and was like oh well now i just take valium all the time so he wrote all these really great songs fucking high out of his mind on valium and then at one point on tour his girlfriend is like you probably don't need that let's just throw it out and he quit valium after taking it for years and years and years cold turkey and he was like i couldn't tour anymore i could barely write songs anymore so well, it, that's what a de- yeah that's yeah <laughs> that's what a, a dependency is. So I guess, but like he was taking Valium regularly and but still. Why didn't they call the band Valium then? It's a good question. Why were they called ecstasy? ecstasy? Yeah, Andy. Do you Andy, any do you have any thoughts on ecstasy Sometimes or Valium? Ecstasy is cut with Valium. So. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I learn something new every day. I think so. And I sometimes your cocaine so. has fentanyl in it. And you <laughs> sure die. does. 
Uh, fen fen is in cocaine. Fentanyl. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that what f- the diet drug? Right. Yeah. Fentanyl. fentanyl. What's fen fen? Fen. No. Yeah. No. No. Fentanyl is a very uh, powerful pain medication. Oh. Huh. I guess. Oh no. Fen fen was uh, fenadrine. Okay. Was, or something like that. Oh, yeah, fenadrine. Fen fen was that diet drug that was basically speed that everyone was doing. Yeah. Got it. Also good. Mm, I love it. Yeah. It was great. So anyway, yeah. what if Kurt Cobain was on Ritalin instead? You know? All <laughs> oh, right. Music would be so different today, man. <laughs> you have no idea. We go now to 1993. We replace his heroin with Adderall. What happens next in Kurt Cobain? Speed three. <laughs> oh, my God. Speed three, Kurt control. Yeah. If this BPM goes over 150, everyone dies. So Kurt had some really specific stage requests. Yes, he did. Stargazer lilies, black candles, and a crystal chandelier. Alex Coletti, producer of MTV Unplugged, asked, You mean like a funeral? And he said, Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly like a funeral. Hashtag nailed it. I'm ahead of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag black lives matter. Hashtag black candles matter. (laughs) Hashtag stargazer lilies. Andy, do one. Come on, Andy. Come on. Why aren't you doing that? Hashtag yes, all chandeliers. (laughs) Hashtag believe all El Duches. (laughs) El Duche eagle flying through the sky. Uh, So. Wow. So around the time of the unplugged recording, Kurt's stomach problems come back. Sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. I wonder why. (laughs) <laughs> but it wasn't his stomach, right? Isn't that what we found out? It was, it was his They eventually yeah. diagnosed it as a pinched nerve in his back mm. that was just in the stu- and the pain was like yeah, wrapping yeah, yeah. yeah, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he just had ulcers yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, the stress of being Kurt Cobain could have been pretty uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. Some some put the upon- Kurt, The Kurt Co-Strain? The Kurt Co-Strain. <laughs> Jesus. That's my favorite indica, by the way. The Co-Strain? <laughs> Kurt Co. Strength. Yeah. It makes you feel like your head's exploding. <laughs> it's a lot better than the Kush Cobain. Kush Cobain. <laughs> have they ever made a Kush Co. Strain? Have they ever combined the two? Oh, uh, like a hybrid. That would yeah. change everything. Right. That would, would change, change everything. Everything, everything right. would change after that. Yeah. Things would be one way, and then, then a different be a, way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you a sharp pain in your stomach, and you feel like you can't control your mind. <laughs> I also, I also, oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't also do, focus. I also do recommend the All Apollo Diesel. Um, <laughs> I like the Grape Me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the uh, Penny Royal THC. That's a good one for me. <laughs> so I really enjoy that one. So around the time of his stomach problems coming back, there's a really famous incident that happens backstage at a show in Atlanta. Because after MTV Unplugged, this tour carried on for a few more days. I refer to it as the macaroni and cheese incident. Oh, I love that record by Guns N' Roses. (laughs) My favorite Guns N' Roses record. If you read any of the books about Nirvana, this eventually comes up. Kurt's tour writer called for one food and one food only, and that was Kraft macaroni and cheese, and God damn it, I can get behind that. It pairs real well with a nice black tar. It does. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. Or a methamphetamine. Any other drugs he was yeah. taking? Not so well with Valium. Time. For you know, that, for Valium, you want the Velveeta shells and shoes. True, yeah, that's true. I, it's weird. Around this time, he was playing Mac 
cheese. <laughs> mac cheese, my friend. Remember that? Do you remember that, Andy? You remember that, Andy? No, Andy. but I do remember. Andy, do you remember that? No, yeah. but look. Go on. Mm-hmm. I sit and eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> That was pretty good. I missed this so much. (laughs) (laughs) So when they arrive at this show in Atlanta, what they have backstage instead, homemade macaroni shells and cheese with jalapenos in it, which sounds delightful. Well, that's that Southern hospitality. It sure is. It really is. And Courtney Love flipped out. What? That's so uncharacteristic of her. Can you believe it? What? Because Kurt can't eat. Now he's doubled over in pain on the floor in the green room. Probably had nothing to do with the heroin. And well, jalapenos and heroin. It's a, it's probably a had nothing combo. to do with being <laughs> right. married yeah, to Courtney That's my Love. favorite Smash Mouth album. <laughs> jalapenos and heroin? Yeah. It's an it's a underground one. Hey now, jalapenos, <laughs> get your heroin. Go play. <laughs> he can't play, though. <laughs> he's got to. That's why the song says that. Go play. So... Courtney goes off on the band's manager and makes him inspect Kurt's blood or Kurt's vomit for blood. What? Jesus Christ. You know, you got to keep the talent happy. When we say inspect, I, I want to know what the parameters of this I'm are. I'm hoping it's like a like an old-timey gold miner with like a pan. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> sifting through it. I think it might have been more like she made him, like she was like, look, he's throwing up blood. D- eat come, it. Does it taste like, like blood? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just cherry Pop-Tart. <laughs> it's not blood. So Kurt is back on drugs. He's not getting along with management. And this is... I mean, look, if I'm in the position where I have to be sifting through someone's blood, I'm not getting along with the talent. Here's the th- so there's, right. there's conflict on both sides. Yeah, yeah. 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 Also, let's think about this for a second. How early did they get there? What do you mean? Like, okay, so they get there, and there's homemade mac and cheese. With jalapenos. With jalapenos. And what you say is, oh, thank you. That's a very nice gesture. <laughs> no, what seems to have happened is there's homemade mac and cheese with jalapenos, and Courtney Love says, you need to check his vomit. <laughs> that seems to be <laughs> right. what happened. Because there's- he only ate Kraft macaroni <laughs> Look, and there, cheese. There are a lot of acts missing from this play. Look, you, you say, well, you do as a rational person, you say, oh, that's very nice. I appreciate that you've made this thing. Uh, he can't eat that. Right. You're saying this is a fully formed adult who has not grown up uh, in the CIA's MK Ultra program. Correct. That's very true. Hundred um, percent. You are not a trained assassin. That's true. Right. I can't judge. Like but, Courtney Love is. Right. But also, are there no fucking grocery stores in Atlanta? No. They can't just. There's not a single one. That's the one. That, it's a food desert. <laughs> Have you not seen The Walking Dead? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Sherman burned all of the right. supermarkets, and they never. <laughs> yeah. And they never rebuilt. That's and, what they were talking about when they said the South will rise again. Right. So we want some grocery stores. And in Gone with the Wind, when she says, "As God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again," that was actually a promise she, she broke. She was wrong. Yeah. yeah. She has 100 percent been hungry ever since. And that's since. why we win. Yeah. Right. Uh, just go. To- Sherman burned all the grocery stores. <laughs> Just go to a fucking yeah. Just go get some craft mac and cheese and whip that shit up. Go to a food lion or whatever the fuck you got. What do they have there? I don't know what's in. Also, why did he throw up? Did he eat the stuff he shouldn't have eaten? His stomach problems, man. Yeah, man. Okay, but if he couldn't eat, he had nothing to throw up. He threw up blood. That's why he had to go through it. It uh, Inspect this for blood. Um, It's It's all all blood. blood. (laughs) You mean the blood vomit? You want me to inspect (laughs) the blood for blood? He ate heroin edibles. He sure did. And that's how how he got high. He just ate those fucking balloons and waited for him to like... Yeah. It's very dangerous. So around this time... (laughs) You don't eat the balloons. You don't? 
What? No, they go up the. Okay, you can eat them. Yeah, and then they come out the oh, other that's side. I feel right. like actually you do yeah. eat them. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Me and Travis will do heroin yeah. the way we want. Yeah, if it's all don't right tell with me you. how to mule, Andy. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was speaking from a place of privilege. <laughs> so around this time, you and your ass ableist fucking agenda. Kurt writes a draft of a last will and testimony, which that's not what it's called. Do you think, Kurt, because I'm on the fence about this. I think that he maybe thought he was being clever there. You think so? Oh, it could be. Because this is another thing he never signed or sent off. Uh, I left out of the notes from this part of his life. At no point did he ever pass this by a lawyer. (laughs) Right. He, He sent a letter to, he wrote a letter to Toby Vale, basically. His ex girlfriend? Yeah. Basically saying he he made the riot girl scene because he fucked someone in the riot girl scene. It's oh. like, man, none of this would age well Oof. if Kurt was still around. Oh, buddy! But in this this last will and Jesus. testimony, okay, he uh, he's writing about who gets custody of Francis if he and Courtney were to die, which very likely mm-hmm. at that point in their lives. That sounds like he's planning a murder suicide at that point. Right? Yeah. God, that would have been great. I'm sorry. Did I say oh my god! <laughs> Woo! But and seriously, yeah, it would have been, been pretty amazing. Uh, so Take that, sorry. Sid and Nancy. We'll, we'll do you one better. I just had a coughing fit as retribution for what I said. So this is the hierarchy of who he wanted to take Francis. If he and Courtney were this to is die. a strange hierarchy. It's very strange, especially with the, the twist at the end. Uh, Rosemary Carroll is number one. Okay. That's his lawyer. Okay. Danny Goldberg. Manager. Number two, that's his manager and Rosemary Carroll's husband. Kim Cobain. So yeah. they don't go together? <laughs> no. It, one of them, ha- they have to fight over Francis <laughs> okay. to the death. That's weird. And you know, then if that came, you, you would split the Francis down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> as right. King Solomon yeah. would say. As, like as, Ted Williams. <laughs> yeah. one, one family gets to burn the body, the other gets to keep the frozen head. So wow. Janet Billig. I don't remember who Janet Billig I was. I think you skipped Kim Cobain. Didn't we go? No, Kim oh, okay. Cobain, three. She okay. was his sister. Uh, Janet, Bill- Janet Billig, number four. Eric Erlinson. The fucking guy from the Hole? The guitar player from Hole is number five. Twas Billig. Number six. Toes. <laughs> number six. Jabberwocky, okay. Jackie Ferry, a previous nanny. Number eight, Nikki McClure, a neighbor he hadn't seen or talked to in more than a year. And number nine. Rounding out the top nine. His mom. So his mom is ninth in line to Ab- get to take over custody of her granddaughter. Above Nikki McClure. Right. Who he had below Nikki McClure. I'm uh, oh, sorry, you're correct. Below Nikki McClure and behind the guitar player who probably <laughs> killed Kristen Pfaff. Oof. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> classic Kurt. I mean classic Kurt. Classic. And Nobody gets that. Because uh, it's not for everybody. That, okay. Yeah. It's just yeah. for me. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate it. Because you have a heart of glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's yep. all I got. All, that, yeah. I'm just I got a glass jaw too. I was going to say that, but it felt like... The band Glass Jaw. Like, oh, man, interesting. I got a Glass Jaw record. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, got a gla- I got a glass. Travis has, I got I Travis a, a glass I to drink glass, water yeah. out of. Mm-hmm. So I'm glasting right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Uh, you look a little glassy. Thank you. I, I got to go glast my quads yeah. after this. The gym. Yeah. That was a glassy as in gassy, not glassy as in classy. Uh, I'll take... I, both are true of me. Yep. 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 Classic Kurt. So he also stipulated that under no circumstances, even if all those people were dead, 
was Francis to go to his dad or anyone in Kurt's family? Fuck Cor- you, dad! Cor- <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Real quick, my favorite fuck you, dad, aside from this one, is uh, if you go onto Twitter, you can find Pat Sajak's son, yeah, Pat yep. Sajak oh, Jr. Yeah. Isn't that, is that really him? I think it or is. is. Okay. And he, he's gone a little crazy. He's he, gone, oh my God, he's gone, he's yeah. gone MAGA. So he's gone all kinds of different ways. Uh, he got super religious last I heard, but Pat Sajak Sr., who is the host of Wheel of Fortune... Uh, told him to like he needed to get some help or whatever Mm -hmm. and my favorite tweet possibly the only reason we have twitter was uh pat sajak jr tweeting i'd like to solve the puzzle fuck you dad (laughs) well for a while his whole twitter account was just him talking about how much he hates his dad right and i told somebody about this like Maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, "Oh, you gotta check out Pat Sajak's kids' Twitter. It's great. I think it's him. I, I think don't know it's if at it's a Pace- account. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I showed it to them, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I haven't checked this Twitter in a while it's, because it's yeah. gotten rough." He went dormant for a while. He would also tweet like, "Not like, as funny as it was." Uh, no, and he would tweet like porn stars and be like, "My dad's Pat Sajak." <laughs> when I hang out, <laughs> it's a numbers game. This is, exactly. You try it enough; it's gonna work. Right? Yeah. I, I think so. Right. The In Utero Tour carried on for a few weeks after the unplugged taping. Best story of all time alert. Oh, my God. I love this one right so now. much. One night at a show at the Forum right here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. where the Home Lakers, the Lakers used to play. Right. Filmmaker Dave Markey reported seeing one of the most pathetic displays of extreme inebriation ever. But it wasn't Kurt. Who was it? It was Eddie Van Halen. Little, 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 little leap. Panama! Panama! <laughs> Not talking about Kurt. Not. T- <laughs> oh, I get it, because yeah. it's the Van yeah. Halen song. Yeah. yeah. And he said Eddie Van Halen was on his knees, drunk, begging Chris to let him jam oh, it was with a re- the band. It was a real eruption. Right. It sure was. <laughs> and when Kurt arrived... He said Van Halen couldn't jam with them because, and this is a quote, we don't have any extra guitars. Sorry. Sorry, we don't have anything with stripes on it for you to play. <laughs> I have this triangle. <laughs> you can hear the triangle. And Eddie Van Halen is too drunk to could realize. Out, could you run out and get me some Kraft macaroni and cheese? And some <laughs> no jalapenos, Halen. <laughs> uh and he's too drunk to realize that they're just lying to him cuz obviously that a band playing sure. the forum in the 90s had plenty of guitars extra guitars yeah they're lots fine. of yeah. lots of guitars yeah but you forget about the guitar drought of 1993 <laughs> oh yeah oh 93 yeah there was a yeah. guitar desert in the in yeah. the, in especially southern california yeah. the northridge yeah. guitar quake yeah all the guitars were sent to iowa to sandbag the floods of 93 that's right true. Oh. and that's how slipknot happened exactly yep. <laughs> 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 a bunch of Halloween masks and guitars were sent to Iowa, and they're like, "I have an idea." So this is what Eddie Van. This is crazy. Uh, this is Eddie Van Halen's response to being told there's no extra guitars. He points at Pat Smear and says, "Well, then let me play the Mexican's guitar." What is he? Is he Mexican? Is he black? Uh, Sammy Hagar would know. Yeah. What? Why? Oh, because he lives in Mexico? That's true. Oh, sure, sure, Cabo sure. Baba Cantina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I heard a version of this, too, where he just kept saying, give me the brown one's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Let me play the brown's guitar. <laughs> wow. 
So in early January, Kurt and Courtney moved to a new house at 171 Lake Washington Boulevard East. That the- sounds like a vanilla ice lyric. <laughs> we moved to a new house at 171 Lake Boulevard East. <laughs> It's in the Denny Blaine neighborhood of Seattle. That's, oh, the DB. That's hyphenated. Three stories, five bedrooms, five fireplaces, one suicide room above the garage and back. Is that how it was? That's, a, that's how it was listed, yeah. yeah. Oh, this here's the suicide room. As you can tell, it's yeah. uh, very spacious. A lot of room for brains. Uh, just if, uh, you put a table, <laughs> if you put a chair in front of that door, people will pretend you barricaded yourself in. Sure. Uh, and here's a place where uh, people can put your identification cards post-mortem, but people will think you laid it out because you won't know what your face will look like after a shotgun blast. Right. And this is where El Duce will come <laughs> You want to leave this window open for El Duce. We call this the El Duce suite. Listen to REM until he arrives. Mm-hmm. Don't be a monster because that isn't out yet. <laughs> he didn't kill himself with an automatic. He didn't, kill people. <laughs> he didn't kill himself at all, but we'll get to that episode soon. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Do you think he lost his religion? Mm. That, I mean, that was. I mean, everybody hurts. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to tell by the identification left behind, but that was him in the corner. Oh, sure. And he, oh. he was in the spotlight a lot, Yeah, he too. was. Yeah, so night swimming. Oh, uh, everybody hurts. I already said I that. Already did that one. Oh, you yeah, did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Leonard Bernstein! <laughs> What's uh, a frequency can of? Stand in the place where you... Oh, you can't. Yeah. yeah. You can't stand now up. Point too the, much heroin yeah. to stand Die up. Die in the <laughs> place where you sit. Pit the gun <laughs> right in your mouth and pull down. Kaboom, pow. <laughs> Remember when that song was the, the opening title song for Get a Life with Chris Elliott? No. Yeah. No. That's the opening title song is Stand, and it's awesome. That's a good song. I, lo- I fucking yeah, love R.E.M. I do, too. R.E.M.'s so great. Auto- Autopod for the people? I would do an R.E.M. pod. Well, there's already an R.E.M. pod. There is? But it's not good. Yeah, true. So <laughs> there's that. There are you two podcasters. Dude, I would shoot. absolutely do an R.E.M. pod because I th- th- that's like my band. That's Yeah, I love That's your R-E-M. band? Uh, yeah. you're, you're always, you know, you were fighting so hard for the corn cast. Uh, well, we have an episode <laughs> of that recorded and a theme song, I so we, we have should, to see that. I group. think we should alternate. We should do a terrible band for a season, and then a good band for a season, and then another terrible band. I'm fine with that. I want to do a Weezer podcast real bad. Oh, my God. Pod damn you, half Japanese. Yes, band. exactly. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to have to really clarify, you know. What that means? Yeah. The title? <laughs> yeah. No, I think no, we just we're put good. it out there no. with the people. <laughs> we could make it like a, a Fiona Apple album title, and we name it. Pod damn you half Japanese girls, and <laughs> then you write a paragraph <laughs> explanation <laughs> yeah. of what it is, and we just make that whole thing the title of the podcast. I love it. So their next door neighbor, Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz. Hmm. Impressive. Interesting. Yeah. What's funny about boy, that they is, really put a Starbucks anywhere. What's funny about that is they <laughs> is they uh, they spelled Kurt wrong on the <laughs> on the autopsy report. I get it. <laughs> I have a I have a body for Kurt, body for Kurt at the counter. Uh, he called he called the Howard Schultz overheard it called the police and was like I heard some gunshots uh, coming from my neighbor's house. Yes, my neighbor Court Cobain. <laughs> Court cart. Is there a cart Cobain? <laughs> Kurt cabin. Is there a Kurt, Kurt cabin? Kurt here? cabin with the uh, lukewarm body. Kurt cabin. <laughs> No head? The half face? (laughs) (laughs) 
half-face shoddy auto? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's not what I ordered. <laughs> I ordered Kraft macaroni and cheese. God damn it. They put jalapenos in my body. <laughs> Uh, so after moving in, Kurt had a month off before embarking on the European leg of the In Utero Tour. Uh, the European leg. I bet Chris Novoselic hey. like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting one leg up. Right? Because he pisses everywhere. And he's from, like, his family's all He's from also here. from they, there. They do actually do a show in Slovenia on this tour, and right. that's where his relatives are all from. So they got to hang out. I knew that. The Slovaks, right? The Slovakselics. Slovaselic? Yeah. So they were doing Christ Slovacelic, everybody. <laughs> On base and urine, Chris Slovacelic. So they're doing 38 shows across 16 countries in two months. That's actually not a lot. That doesn't sound like a yeah. whole lot. That's a lot of days off. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a tour, but that's not yeah. like it's Wednesday. It's 22 days off. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing two months. And it's during. Oh, are they, is February part of it? Because, you know, that's a shorter month. Although it is actually part of it. In 93, it would have been a shorter month because that's not a leap year. No. Right. But it is a, I'm not going to see next year. Whoa. (laughs) It's a crumpled in the corner in a heap year. (laughs) Guys, guys, it's a deep year. Oh, man. Oh, oh, this I have to take the uh, El Duce of of February off this year. (laughs) Beware the El Duce. I was just going to say that. So he decides to spend most of that month off inside his new house doing heroin, yep. which who wouldn't? Yep. Hey, if you got it, flaunt it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's around this time that Kurt probably gets himself murdered, what? depending on what theories of his death you believe. Because this is when the headlining spot on Lollapalooza 94 comes up. And everyone wanted to do it. The band, Courtney, management. Everyone except Kurt. Yeah, that's kind of a key figure. Yeah, into it's, agreeing it's to yes, yeah, for the primary singer songwriter of the band to want to do the show. Courtney was especially angry. She felt he should do it to shore up their financial future. And this comes up again in, I believe, in the next episode. But I think they were going to make after taxes like eight million dollars. Jesus, and you can't do that without Kurt Cobain. Like no. if you did Nirvana, Hagar, people would be really pissed. <laughs> I, I would go see that, though. I would, too. <laughs> Especially if it happened while Kurt Cobain was alive. Who fucking wouldn't, honestly? <laughs> so whenever they would talk about it, they, it just ended in screaming matches. So Kurt and Courtney around this time are fighting about money a whole lot. Oh, that's attractive in a couple. Mm. Absolutely. Well, they seem like always they were, a good sign. Yeah, it seemed like they were the pinnacle of harmony before this. Right, yeah. right. I remember every time my parents fought about money, I was like, this is great. Remember when your parents would fight about how you need to go on tour to make $8 million? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, whenever two mentally unstable people are fighting a lot and buying guns at the same and time. And one of them is doing heroin all the time. Both of them were doing yeah. heroin all the yeah. time. Let's do a lot of heroin, argue about millions of dollars, and go buy guns. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Especially in the Pacific Northwest. Exactly. Oh, Yeah. I don't even think about that part. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that's a big part. Where yeah. the seasonal affectation disorder or yeah. whatever it's called. It's fucking is. year round. Yeah, it's just called living in the Pacific Northwest. These yeah. last two weeks, it's been raining all the time in LA. And eventually I was like, fuck, yeah, make I mean, it stop. I know. Please. And I had a gun in my mouth at least three of those days. <laughs> I did. I yeah. killed myself. Hey, I, th- I thought you looked a little different. Welcome to I- Ghost Cast. Wow. Hey. Ooh. 
You know what I would say if I was a ghost? What? Andy! Andy! I'm the ghost of Heart-Shaped Pod! Heart-Shaped Pod, past, present, or future. Oh! I haven't thought that far ahead (laughs) in this scenario. All three. Prucher. 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 Welcome to the Prucher. Welcome to the Prucher, Andy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Past, present, and future collide where Hagar is in every band and no band at the same time. It's the Prucher. That's actually the plot of the next Back to the Future movie. More like Back to the Prucher. Back to the Prucher! Well, that's what it's going to be called, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. We're all in the uh, Hagar timeline. Prucher. It sounds like a new metal band from fucking... It's the font I use for my band. I use Prucher. (laughs) So... The last week of January, the band had a recording session booked at Robert Lang Studios in Seattle. Is that the place that looks like a castle? Is that the weird place? Um, I don't know. It's the one that like they featured on Sonic Highways that's like built underground and made of stone? No, I didn't watch Sonic uh, Highways. Oh, you should watch it. Uh, but uh, Kurt didn't show up on the first day. They called him. They texted, I'm assuming. Probably fired off some emails. And he didn't answer. I'm just joking. It was 1993, guys. Come on. I'm here all week. Tip your waitress. There were emails. Shut up. Okay. Why are you being this way? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Kurt doesn't show up the first day. Volume isn't the same as heroin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but on the second day, Kurt also didn't show up. Rude. Rude. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> so they worked on a bunch of songs Dave Grohl had written that would end up being the songs on the first Foo Fighters album. Or the Pocket Watch demo, if anyone's ever heard that. Interesting. What about um, uh, Marigolds? Was that part of it? Or was that... Presumably, yeah. Okay. On the third day, Kurt shows up. <laughs> it sounds like we're reading yeah, like, it's the, the Bible. grunge Bible. <laughs> On the third day, Kurt was risen. He rolled away the rock instead of rocking the roll. I got it. And made it to the studio. So Made it to the studio. Yeah. yeah. They worked for 10 hours straight. And Doubting Christ said, you are not my Cobain. <laughs> this is not, you are not my beautiful Kurt. <laughs> Letting the days go by. They laid down 11 tracks. Most of these were Dave Grohl songs that ended up being re-recorded for the first Foo Fighters album without Kurt on drums. I really want to hear the Kurt on drums versions. I wonder if they're any good. They might be awful. Like Kurt, I don't know if drumming, I know he had a passion for drumming. I don't know if it was his strong suit. Yeah. Have you seen the the video of them playing Seasons in the Sun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's keeping time-ish, you know? I mean, I'm not one to criticize drumming. You know, I I have a drum kit, but I wouldn't call myself an accomplished drummer. Right. I wouldn't call myself one either. Because I don't have a drum kit, mm. so yeah, we're none of us are Joe drummers, you know. Yeah, should you stay or should you go? <laughs> are we clashing? Right now? <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> oh, so Sandinista, uh, <laughs> combat rock. <laughs> I'm getting a call right now. I think it's from London. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to the Casbah quick. Before all right, we, uh, all right. You gonna rock it? I think, I'm gonna rock it. I, I think. think they've had enough of the puns of Brixton. Uh, <laughs> Wow. That was great. So Kurt also worked on a song called Skid Marks and a song called Butterfly, which would go on to be the title track of a Mariah Carey exactly. album. Exactly. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And most well, of it's the- It's a Crazy Town song. Oh, yeah. Oh, Be My Sugar Fine. Yeah. Maybe. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. Baby. Baby. Mm. 
shady. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they say after that. I met uh, I met the Shifty guy from uh, from that band. I think once. his name is Shifty. I think it's oh. Shif- Shifty Shellshock. Were you volunteering at a homeless shelter? No, he was there, and I got him to like sign an autograph as a joke to a girl I was dating at the time because <laughs> we we thought he was hilarious. Uh, and my friend who was with me didn't know I was doing it as a joke, and he went, "Fuck this, um." <laughs> <laughs> I saw the lead singer of Buck Cherry in front of my day job in South Dakota once. Oh, that, that, uh, what's his name? Josh. Josh Cherry. Josh <laughs> Cherry. Yeah. It's Buck Cherry. Yeah. Buck. All right. His friends call him Buck. Yeah. The guy with the, the Jack or King tattoo on his whole back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was just sitting against a fence smoking a cigarette because they were playing a show at this minor league stadium across the street. And I was like. I'm going to make him get up and take a picture with me. Why not? Because it was the lead singer of Buck Cherry. I didn't sure. like Buck Cherry. It's right. just like, fucking stand up. Fucking, hey, Buck. Get up. Hey, Buck. Let's pose for a photo. Come on. Get over here, Buck. <laughs> stand in the place <laughs> where you <laughs> smoke. All right. But uh, uh, most of the stuff Kurt worked on was just demos with no lyrics. But You Know You're Right came out of this. Uh, oh, yeah. that's session. why it's so kind of fully formed. Yeah. Right. Of all those songs. It's the existed. fully formedest. Yeah. Yeah. I like that song. It's a very good song. After the session, Kurt was happy and told Robert Lang he wanted to book more time when the band returned from Europe. A Feudies. A Feudies? A fe- remember a the Feudies? I remember the Feudies. The Feudies were such a good band. Right. And uh, yeah. that's where we first met uh, Lauren Foothill. Right. <laughs> the Feudies. Right. I got to remember admit, that. I'm fucking lost right now. Oh, really? You what don't we, remember Wycliffe John? In oh, the. the f- oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to. Feudies. Clef Pallet John <laughs> yeah. and uh, Lauren Foothill were in the Prasma Hill. Yeah. Why are we doing? I feel like I we were know. doing geography things. Oh, we were doing all right for a while. All right. So a few days later, the band left for the first show in France, and that's the end of the episode. It's a real faux pras, you guys. <laughs> I, you're, I deserve that look. I deserve that look. I'm not going to. So they leave the for Feudies. The, they leave for Europe, and then I think everything, the tour goes fine. They come back. Great. And they just decide, let's take some time off. Yeah, I don't right? know if we even, I'll look into it, but I don't know if we even need to do any more episodes. I don't think so. I think uh, every, I think this is pretty much how the story ends. Everyone achieved their goals and dreams. It's yeah. like the end of Lord of the Rings. They right. get on the boat. They, they get cross on the, over to where the elves are. I yeah. think it's more like the never-ending story where- we never know what happens. Where there's just a grain of sand left. The never-ending story where yeah. the fucking dragon dog shoots itself. Remember that? I do remember that. He was like, I don't think I'm living up to my full potential. <laughs> I, look, if we're going to compare Cobain to a, to a creature from the never-ending story, okay. I don't think Falcor is the way to go. I think Artax <laughs> is definitely the way to go. I'm a grunge dragon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Court, That's why I'm white. Courtney is... <laughs> Courtney is a Treyu and Kurt is Artex, and Courtney could not pull Kurt out of the the swamps of sadness or whatever. That's very true. Probably because she pointed a gun at him and pulled <laughs> yeah. the trigger. Because she was like, "This story's about me. Live through this." <laughs> El Duce. Steve anyway, we're is get- the turtle. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Or the rock sure guy. Or no, we're not. This is the end. We did it. Oh yeah! Congrats, everybody. Oh, wait, no. Something happens in Rome, apparently. Uh, does it change everything? I th- It does change everything. <laughs> it very drastically changes one way, everything. And then the Rome incident happens, and then things are another? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all roads lead to Rome, baby. That's true. <laughs> hey, yeah. Rome didn't overdose in a day. <laughs>
So, yeah, we're going to talk about the Rome incident on the next episode. And uh, I think we'll this have... This is about Jim Rome, right? This right. This is when... Uh, it's Kurt when was on the Jim Rome show. No, I, I thought this was about Sublime with Rome, where after we lose Bradley Knoll, Rome no. takes over as the same. It's actually it's the one where Jim Rome keeps calling that quarterback Chris Everett instead of his real name, and then the Chris guy flips Everett? the table. <laughs> Have you ever seen that interview? No. It's uh, I forget the name of I forget the actual quarterback's name, but Jim Rome. I think the quarterback's name was Jim Everett, and Jim Rome keeps calling him Chris Everett. And the guy's like, oh, call yeah, me yeah, Chris yeah, Everett yeah, 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 one yeah, yeah. more time. And Jim Rome goes, Chris Everett. <laughs> and the guy fucking flips the table and lunges at him, and it's the best. Wow. Well, Rome if why you want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rome about a girl. You know what I mean? Huh? Wow. You are combining things. Yeah. I This might be my psychotic break. It's for we sure. were wondering yeah. if it was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we, we, we might need to drive me somewhere. Uh, There's Uber. so what do we have to plug before we get out of here this goes up friday so january 26th hollywood hotel 9 p.m free show unpop stand-up show i'm on it andy sell is on it travis clark is on it. i'm on it keith carey is headlining white man's delight oh that's what it's called i don't feel good Mm -hmm. about this anymore and then also quincy johnson the second so so okay so we're counting jessica singer Okay, we're all right. Uh, Cindy Aravina <laughs> and a possible drop in from Annie Letterman. Okay. So I like all those people. It's a very balanced budget. I like everybody on this show. I don't. Like, I'm, I mean, you two are fine, but yeah, okay. I'm going to be honest. Everyone else. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like, don't tell anyone I said it. But, yeah. Thank God you know, this is private. Yeah, yeah. Just most of the people on that lineup. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but there's a yeah. few of them. I'm like, ooh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Oof. I I just, I'm not like ugh. that about any of them. I really? Like them all, but yeah. you were saying about all the other people on the lineup right. earlier. All yeah. that stuff. I, why am I friends with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He thinks we're friends because we also have some good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you have to plug? What do I, Travis? Have to plug? I'm, I'm on the Unpop Jeez. Show yeah, and. Follow me on the socials at Mr. Travis Clark, Instagram, and Twitter. Wow. Andy, do you have anything to plug? Hey, everybody, check out Ghoul School, a horror yes, history okay, podcast right, on the Unpops Network. <laughs> Get to it. Ghoul School, a horror history podcast. I'm plugging that. I hope. Um, it's we need doing well so far. It's doing well. People we, are way into it. I, I, would, I would be happy with more reviews and, and ratings, but, um, but for all of the podcasts, yeah, including happy. this one. Yeah, do that for this one. Yeah, rate this one, but also go on Google School and uh, rate it as this podcast and make us all happy. There we go. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm on that show you talked about. You are. With mm-hmm. people that I like. Mm-hmm. And me. Andy, and Travis. <laughs> and Travis will be there as well. Uh, I think, I, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. I think hey, we're doing another one after this. You can just get the rest of your plugs in there. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Who cares? Hey, fuck it. Yeah. At Andy underscore cell. I'm at Adam Todd Brown. Yeah. I'm still Mr. Travis Clark. MR Travis Clark. Because M- because I used to be that guy, Travis, and I gave it away, and now it belongs to a crazy person who uh, uh, you should read it. It's great. Oh, it's fantastic. I will. That guy Travis on uh, on Twitter uh, talks a lot about like next president is going to be on Twitter talking about eating ass. Like he just says things. It's great. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye, Andy. Say goodbye. Bye.
Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Um, wait a minute. Is that El Duce? <laughs> <laughs>